and welcome to this week's episode of Cast a Dice, a Warhammer podcast. With you today is myself, Joe, and Wayne. Wayne is also with me today. How's it it's going? Just going to be us two talking to you guys today because this week tends to be the most relevant to us, I believe. Uh, we both have a lot to talk about today. Uh, as a longtime Chaos player, it's, it's a good time to be alive. Uh, I'm sure Wayne would agree with me there. Oh, yeah. We've we found out a lot over the past week or two. Um, pretty much all the rumors have either been debunked or or they've been uh, revealed. So all of them are definite now. There's no more guesswork. Uh, but um, my overall plan with Age of Sigmar has always been a corn army. From the very beginning, when I first got into Age of Sigmar, I wanted to make a corn army, and I started with Bloodbound. I started with Mortals, and I liked it. I enjoyed painting them, and they look awesome. Eventually, though, I shifted towards Demons, because Demons can be used in both games. It was very cost-efficient for me, and in a hobby as expensive as this, it's nice to be able to be cost-efficient every once in a while. So... I'm very happy with this new tome that came out because it made Bloodthirsters very good. <laughs> so now all the Bloodthirsters that I own can be used, and that makes me very happy because up until this point, Bloodthirsters have not been the best. They were okay uh, in the old, old I could say with quotations, iteration of Corn Bloodbound, and in 40K they're near useless. But this new book does them some pretty significant justice, so I'm happy about that. Um, because of all this love that chaos has been getting, my hobby progress has actually sped up. Um, I've got a rough paint scheme finally pegged down. I've got a whole bunch of poor, poor test loyalist Marines sitting at my desk right now, colored in different colored paints. Um, most of them have so many layers on them that they don't even, <laughs> I can't even tell what they are anymore. So, um, only fitting for a follower of chaos to be sitting here torturing loyalist Marines. So I feel like that's pretty fitting. Um, pretty soon though, I've got all the paints I need. I'm going to be able to bust out an entire army's worth of chaos. So that's pretty good. Um, Wayne, have you been doing any painting or hobbying? I know you had a couple sets of shadow spear. Yeah, I actually finished assembling my second half of shadow spear and I pre-ordered uh, – what did I pre-order? Uh, Abaddon, a box of Chaos Marines, Vigilus of Blaze, the updated data cards, and the Black Legion dice. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the dice. Their dice actually look wicked cool. They're not bad. I'm going to use them for command points or something. Yeah. I might use them for like important roles. Dramatic roles. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm surprised you got Abaddon. You were saying you weren't planning on getting him right away. Yeah, I I couldn't resist. <laughs> no, I don't blame you. Um, because my paint scheme isn't 100% locked in yet, I more so just have a few figured out and how to do them. I'm hesitant to get Abaddon right off the bat. Um, right. More than likely, I'm probably going to end up getting two boxes of Chaos Space Marines and the books, so we'll see. It's very hard to resist not running the new Abaddon, but I'm not willing to paint him a different color. He would have to be Black Legion, so until I decide, I'm definitely just doing Black Legion. 
yeah, I'm going to hold off on Abaddon. It might end up, though, I make up my mind tonight and I pre-order him anyway, so... <laughs> He's a good model to have anyway. Just paint him and put him somewhere. Yeah, just paint him, put him on a shelf. Put him next to his old model. It could be like dad and son. <laughs> Don't talk to me or my son ever again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, God, that model. I'm so glad. I'm so happy for Abaddon. So happy. It's long overdue. Like his, I remember when his model came out. His model is old enough to drink. <laughs> his model is smaller than regular Terminators now. Yeah. And that's the most hilarious part of it. Which is funny because when he came out, he was actually pretty big. Yeah, there's tactical marines that are taller than him right now. Yep. Yeah, I actually got to play a couple games. Speaking of Shadow Sphere, I actually got to play a couple games yesterday. Uh, one against Dark Eldar. Um, it didn't finish, per se. I was probably going to win, but Dark Eldar are really annoying, and a lot of his stuff was hanging on with one wound due to some really lucky feel-no-pain rolls. Mm. So it was definitely going to be an annoying game, probably pretty close. Um, I found out a couple things, some we already knew, uh, without the Lord Discordant demon engines kind of (laughs) suck. I was walking around with a venom crawler and he couldn't hit freaking anything. I kept getting like dead average shots, just four shots with his two guns. And they would, if they, if one of them did hit, it wouldn't wound. So he ended up not doing anything. Unplayable um, garbage, right? Garbage. He's a trash can with him. I do think he's a little too expensive for what he does. Um, he's going to be very reliant on buffs, and I don't think this is really the addition for that. But at least he has he has them, I guess. At least there's the option to buff him, because um, without it, he would be garbage. Uh, I do think Chaos is probably the biggest synergy faction now uh, with everything that's going on, but that actually segues quite nicely into one of the biggest synergy factions of Age of Sigmar, which is Corn Bloodbound. Blades of Corn is are now known. Um, it's interesting because I always noticed from the get-go when it first started up that Corn Bloodbound, Blades of Corn were a very high synergy faction. It was all about getting a bunch of heroes together and stacking a bunch of buffs, just doing crazy things. But your whole army could fall apart if, you know, the the linchpins were carved out of it. So it seems like not, it's not quite as reliant on that in 40 K, but it does seem like GW's starting to kind of bring over the age of Sigmar feel of chaos and making them like a high, a high synergy army instead of an army that's more standalone powerful like they seem to be doing with Space Marines. They seem to be making Primaris and uh, Space Marines at large like a... They're like standalone units. They're not really relying on synergy. They're just good in their own right. And I kind of like it. I like that they're now separating Chaos Marines from Loyalist Marines and Chaos Marines aren't just spiky marines anymore i think that's i think that's a good idea so i'm glad they're doing that as far as blades of corn goes not a whole lot has changed in this book um technically a lot of the units are still the same uh their interactions are become very different because of the additions of uh, the new battalions 
uh, these new allegiance abilities, new access to command abilities, um, the judgments of Corn, which are also new. The whole totally not endless spells that Corn now has access they're to better than endless spells. Oh, they're a lot. <laughs> they're a lot better than endless spells, but they're they're technically the equivalent, I guess. Uh, they can't be dispelled, which I guess is the best thing, right? Or you just put them out there in a three up, and you don't even have to cast them. Yep. So that seems pretty good. Um, the book is great. Artwork on it. You got Corgus Skull and his little pet doggy here, looking all cool. I like the colors. Lots of oranges and reds. Very fire and brimstone. I'm liking it. Dude totally looks like a Chaos Lord out of uh, 40K, which is also badass. Always was a cool model. Always a fan. That, the whole corn range in Age of Sigmar is phenomenal. Like It's so metal and really cool looking. Like, if I had Berserkers anywhere near as good looking as Blood Warriors, I wouldn't have to complain nearly as much. Someday. Oh my god. Still, I'm still salty about that. But anyway... We'll get to that later. Uh, yeah. The Corn Bloodbound gained access to some new Allegiance abilities. Um, they have a new kind of blood tith table, which is pretty cool. A lot of it's now centered around summoning, which is pretty cool. Um, you can... It works just like any other blood tith where you, you gain points as you kill stuff, but you can use those points out to summon different things. And it looks like the prices aren't too bad for things, but if you have two or more blood tith points at the end of your movement phase, you can summon one until... You can summon one unit from the list below onto the battlefield and add it to your army. Each unit you summon costs the number of blood tooth points as shown on the list, and you can only summon a unit if you have enough blood tooth points to pay its cost. If you summon a unit in this manner, your blood tooth points total is reset to zero immediately after the unit has been set up. You cannot save any blood tooth points you did not use. Units summoned in this way must be set up wholly within 12 inches of a friendly corn hero or skull altar, and more than 9 inches from any enemy units. So... That's pretty cool. Um, if your hero isn't in a good position to summon, he can just summon and set him up by a skull altar, which is somewhere else. So it's kind of a summoning node. So that's pretty cool. Skull altar is another cool thing, new thing for corn that they got. Nice little terrain piece. Uh, it can also be used at 40k, so that's cool. Having it is going to be beneficial. The costs seem a little steep for what you're getting. Um, like Nurgle, for instance, can just pop things out every turn. It's not really reliant on anything. They just gain contagion points and they just spend them on on demons. It seems like it's a lot easier to summon for the other demons. So I don't really know why it's so hard. Well, the corn worm you get them um, if you if a unit dies, right? Yours or your enemy? Yeah, I mean that's kind yeah. of the same because the the maggotkin corruption is. Uh, it's like if you have a Gnarl Maw, if you have guys in your zone, if you have guys in your opponent's zone, it's more situational. Yeah, but you don't have to kill anything. And that Gnarl Maw just makes yeah, points, massive amounts of points return. return. There are multiple ones. Yeah. Like, 
for well, let me go over the cost. You know, kind of see what I'm talking about. Uh, just to get five blood letters, you have to pay two blood tith. So you have to two units have had to die, and you only get five blood letters for the effort. Um, same for a blood master costs two. Skull master costs three, as does five flesh hounds. Uh, ten blood letters is four. One herald of corn on a blood throne is four. Three blood crushers is five. Ten flesh hounds is six. Uh, a skull cannon is five. Fifteen blood letters is six. Twenty blood letters is seven. And then the, all the blood thirsters are eight. So, like, just to get twenty blood letters, seven units had to die. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's kind of good. Like late game, after the two armies have kind of beat the crap out of each other, and all of a sudden you're getting twenty more blood letters. Uh, okay, cool, but. I don't know. I feel like because I actually played a game with Magikin a couple weeks ago. I played Nurgle, and I was able to just constantly pop out plague bearers every turn. I mean, it, yeah, it was little by little, but I don't know. It just seems like there's a high opportunity cost on corn summoning. I mean, their units are powerful, so maybe they don't need to rely as much on summoning, but. I don't see any reason to take anything besides the bloodthirsters. Like I would just save up and summon a bloodthirster, maybe twenty bloodletters. Yeah, like I played. <clears throat> I have a friend who uh, Blades of Corn is his main army, and this was before the new book, obviously. But most of the games I've played against him, that's been the turning point as he saves his points, and then it's oh, here's a bloodthirster. And it's like, well, you yeah. killed most of my army. I have nothing that can kill a bloodthirster, so good game. Yeah. Yeah, that's really the only thing I could see. And I mean, it's definitely effective. So, but what five bloodletters is never going to do anything for you. Like, there's there's no although, point, although, especially considering. Is there a scenario where you have, uh, like, a, an objective in your own thing? You could It could let you move guys forward and then still keep a. Uh, a small unit on your own objective to get points. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm sure it's situationally useful. Um, would it? Do I see it being useful often? <laughs> not, no, not really. But I don't know. It, it could be. I mean, it definitely has some some merit to it, I suppose. Uh, the rest of the Tith abilities are pretty, pretty good. Like for again, which is why I think blood letters, five blood letters is even worse of a deal for two points. You can um, immediately dispel a cast for two points. So spell eater court, uh, the spell eater curse for two blood tith. Choose this reward immediately after a wizard has cast a spell anywhere on the battlefield. Before any attempt to unbind that spells are made, that spell is not successfully cast. So for two points, I could just be like, yeah, no. That's actually no really useful you. because there's a lot of armies that rely on key spells. It's almost like the uh, equivalent to Agents of Vect in 40k. It's nope, can't do that. Yeah, and this one is unsituational. Like even Agents of Vect has a small chance of failure. Um this is just no. Like, as long as I have the points, you're not doing it. That's useful. <laughs> uh, for one point, yeah, for one point, I gain a command point, which is also useful. Oh, wow, really? Like, if I only have, yeah, for for one point, I get a command That's point. So 
really useful because yeah, you know you have Corn has a lot of heroes like you were saying. So there's a lot of synergy and command abilities. Your command points are going to be at a premium. Yep. Like this ability is probably going to be the one that gets used the most early in a game when you not much has died and you only have maybe one or two command points or blood tooth points rather, and you want those command points. And then you kind of snowball into all these buffs, and then you get a whole bunch of blood tith, and then you can start doing the the cooler stuff. Um, for three, you got murder lust. Pick one friendly corn unit. That unit can make a normal move if it's within twelve of an enemy model. It can either make a normal move or attempt to make a charge move. How many tithe points so, is that? Three. That that can be pretty good to guarantee that your guys are going to get something off. Yeah. Uh, four is Epoplectic Frenzy. Pick one friendly corn unit within three inches of an enemy unit. That corn unit can make a pilot move and then attack with all of the melee weapons and it's, it is armed with. So fight twice for four. pretty good. Pretty good. Um, for five, you get pick one unit anywhere on the battlefield. That unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. In addition, roll a dice for each unit within eight inches of that unit. On a 3+, the unit being rolled 4 suffers 1 mortal wound. On a 6, the unit being rolled 4 suffers D3 mortal wounds. So it's like a chain lightning kind of thing. It could be good to knock something out that you kind of, you know, whiffed a roll on, and it's, uh, hey, this thing's got one wound left. Yeah. Well, let's finish it off. Yeah. Yeah, let's just drop a Brass Skull Meteor is that what on it its is? head. That's Yeah, that's Brass Skull Meteor. Just fucking corn up in space, taking rocks, throwing them at people. Like, uh, you guys can't do anything right. Yeah, like Majora's job. Mask, the giant face. Yeah. Uh, six points, Relentless Fury, until your next hero phase. Each time a friendly corn model is slain in the combat phase, before the model is removed from play, it can make a pile and move and then attack with all of the melee weapons mm. it's armed with. That so that's pretty, pretty good. good. I don't know if it's worth six, but it's pretty good. Crimson Rain for seven. You could choose this reward once per battle. Immediately after you do so, and at the start of each of your subsequent hero phases, you can heal up to D3 wounds allocated to each friendly corn unit on the battlefield. Oh, wow. That's kind of super good. To each unit? Especially if you get it. Yeah, wow. everything. That's really good if you get it off early and you actually have enough heroes and big stuff left to make it worth it. Uh, if you're running a bunch of bloodthirsters, that's going to be really useful. Just healing D3 every turn. And for 8, you got Slaughter Triumphant. You can choose this reward once per battle. After you do so, if the unmodified hit roll for an attack made with a melee weapon by a friendly corn unit is 6, that attack scores 2 hits on the target instead of 1. Make a wound and save roll for each hit. That... That seems good with certain things. That... Yeah, synergizes really well with Bloodletters, who are already doing Mortal Wounds on an unmodified 6. So now you're doing Mortal Wounds and extra hits. Is their ability Mortal Wound instead, or is it Mortal Wound in addition? I believe it's Mortal Wound in addition. Nice. But I'm going to have to look. I'm going to... Let me let me look right now. I'm looking at the book, right. so... Let's see here. Mighty Lord of Corn. Be good with him, Blood's too. Because really it's per wound, yeah. I think, for the... Does he still have the uh, the Super Axe? The Reality yeah. Splitting Axe? Yeah. Yeah, let's see. Uh, 
He has the axe of corn. Where's Corgus Call? He's the one with the reality splitting axe. Oh, did they take it away from the regular yeah. Mighty Lord? Oh, no, he still has it. It's an ability. That's just not what uh. the weapon's called. Um, reality, at the end of any phase, if any wounds inflicted by the axe of corn in that phase were allocated to an enemy model and not negated, and the enemy model has not been slain, roll a dice on a 5+, plus. the enemy model is slain. <laughs> so as long as it does some damage... Yeah, you get the roll. Uh, there's a 1-3 in three chance it's just dead, which is it's always good hilarious. when you do that to, like, Nagash or somebody. Oh, yeah, back in the day, uh, in one of my early games, I just said, where I got to do that to a Celestin and Star Drake. <laughs> that was pretty epic. These are all the... The mortals. Let's see here. Blood crushers. Blood letters. Okay. Decapitating blow. If the unmodified hit roll for an attack made with a Hellblade is six, that attack inflicts one mortal wound on the target in addition to any That's good, then. You get two, one mortal wound yeah. plus two additional... Uh, was it, It's like an extra hit, right? So you do extra wounds. Yep. Never good. That's it's never a bad good. thing. No, I mean, blood letters are pretty good, especially with how many attacks and how many buffs to their hit you can give them. They're, uh, they're doing a lot of damage because, again, like I just said, you can buff their to hit, and now you add, like, one or two to hit rolls. You're exploding on fours now instead of sixes for, uh, for that ability because it doesn't, I think it's it doesn't say unmodified. Now. Let me see. It uh, used yeah, to be it uh, unmodified. If, not unmodified, but it seems like they're going towards that for almost everything. They just haven't updated. Like the um, the Putrid Blight King's ability good. is still 6+. plus. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think that's good, though, because blood letters were stupid back in the day. I remember using hordes of them and just... I was popping off mortal wounds on a three plus, and that's just no fun for anybody. So, yeah. So that's pretty much all the blood tith. Um, not a whole lot's changed with it. A lot of those abilities are the same. Some of the like spell eater curse was the same. I'm fairly certain brassical meteor is the same. Crimson rain is actually the same, but I think it changed a little bit. Uh, bloody exemplar is new because command points are new. So. Blood Tith seems pretty solid. I don't think you'll ever use it to summon. I don't think Corn's going to be as big on summoning as the other demons are outside of dropping the odd bloodthirster on somebody's head when you have the opportunity. I think the other, I think the other abilities are way better. Um, I think you'll be spending a lot of Blood Tith gaining command points and negating spells. So, yeah, I don't think they're really going to be holding on to their points that much unless you just cascade and take out a bunch of things at once. So command traits are numerous. You've got ones for corn mortals, corn bloodbound, and corn demons. Uh, the corn mortal ones don't seem to have changed a whole lot. You got arch slaughterer. Each time an attack made by this general with a melee weapon slays an enemy hero or monster, you receive two blood tith points instead of one. That could be pretty good. Uh, corn, corn generals do like to be up in the fray, and monsters are somewhat abundant they are very nowadays. Chilly. So, yeah, 
So you could probably get that one off. Um, unrivaled Bloodlust. At the end of your opponent's charge phase, if this general is within 12 inches of any enemy units, but not within three, you can attempt to make a charge move with the general. So that's pretty good. You can kind of counter charge. Slaughterborn. You can reroll hit rolls for attacks made melee weapons by this general. Yeah, standard. It's always good to be able to reroll though. Uh, Hungry for Glory. You can reroll hit and wound rolls for attacks made by this general that target an enemy hero or monster. That sounds useful. That's yeah, that seems really good. Uh, I was just about to say this sounds way better than the last one, but this one has a caveat: it has to be against hero heroes and monsters. So that's probably why it seems better. Berserker Lord, roll a dice each time you allocate a wound or mortal wound to this general on a five plus. It's negated, so five plus feel no pain. It's not. Oh, yeah. That's always good. Yeah. I'm all about it. Throw it on a bloodthirster. Well, you can't throw this one on a bloodthirster, but throw it on a... Yeah. Throw it on any hero that you want to put a command trait on. Seems pretty good. Violent Urgency. You can reroll charge rolls for friendly corn units that are wholly within 12 inches of this general when the charge roll is made. That's useful. Wholly within kind of sucks. I think that's another thing. They're moving everything to... Holy within. Yeah. Yeah, get rid of the daisy chaining. I wish uh, 40k would do more of that. Yeah, it's kind of hit or miss with 40k. There's a lot of things I wish. Yeah, there's a lot of things I wish 40k would take from Age of Sigmar. They're not using nearly enough of the good stuff. The corn bloodbound command traits. Uh, you got Arch Slaughter again, which was also up top. Unrivaled Battlelust, Slaughterborn. They're all the same as the mortal ones. And then they have Mark of the Cannibal. At the end of the combat phase, if any enemy models were slain by this general's attack in the combat phase, you heal a wound. Hey, buddy, cannibals are my thing. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good because it's that just models. Good. You can as long as he's as long as he's killing somebody. He's and he's corn, so you so know if he's not killing good. something, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, yeah he's not looked on nicely right. in the eyes of corn. Which is speaking of corn and fluff and appeasing the gods. Uh, I was reading through the fluff in this book, not to get too sidetracked, but it's actually kind of cool. From what I know, forty k corn doesn't really get involved in anything like he's really angry really strong everybody knows that like he fought scarbrand obviously and kind of ripped his wings off but for the most part it's not like corn is stomping around fighting on the in the mortal realm from what i was reading in the fluff corn actually is the only god who gets up and will fight the other gods in the in the great game like he'll get up with his with his soldiers and start just slaughtering demons of the other gods, which is kind of cool. cool. Yeah. He's like personally involved. He doesn't do it often, but he actually does it. Whereas you don't really hear about him getting involved in 40 K. So he just like rampages through a bunch of plague bearers, just fucking (laughs) steps on them. Kind of like getting gum on your shoe. Now, Bloodsworn, while friendly corn mortal units are wholly within 16 inches of this general, they can use this general's bravery characteristic. So, kind of like a Dark Apostle type thing going on. Uh, Disciple of Corn, add two to the attack 
characteristic of general's melee weapons. Pretty good. Makes makes a lot of things better. Uh, again, for Mighty Lord of Corn, more chances to get that reality splitting axe off. Uh, the Corn Demon Command traits. Again, you've got Arch Slaughterer, Unrivaled Battleless, and Slaughterborn. But you also have Rage Unchained, which is add one to the attack characteristic of the general's melee weapons. Aspect of Death. If an enemy unit fails a Battleshock test within 8 inches of the general, add D3 to the number of models that flee. That's pretty good. And it is pretty good. Uh, Devastating Blow. If the unmodified wound roll for an attack made with a melee weapon by this general is 6, that attack inflicts a number of mortal wounds on the target equal to that melee weapon's damage characteristic, and that attack sequence ends. So you do not make a wound or save roll. That could be kind of good for um, the Insensate Rage Bloodthirster, because his axe already kind of does that, so I, I feel like it would do it twice. <laughs> That's a lot of mortal wounds just exploding everywhere. Uh, artifacts seems pretty standard to what corn artifacts usually Axes, are. Uh, these are the mortal. Yeah. Uh, collars for denying wizards. Brass Acorn collars are always really doesn't kind of like thing. his wizards. No, and apparently neither <laughs> does brass, because that's that's what always seems to be negating wizard stuff. So these are the mortal hero artifacts. You got heart seeker. Pick one of the bearer's melee weapons. You can reroll wound rolls for it. Uh, collar of contempt. Uh, you can attempt to dispel wizards if you have it. Blood Drinker. Pick one of the bearer's melee weapons at the end of the combat phase. If any attacks made by that weapon caused a wound or mortal wound to be allocated to an enemy unit that was not negated, you can heal up to D3 wounds allocated to the bearer. So that's pretty good. Corn's got a lot of healing, I'm noticing. So that could be pretty interesting. Their, their heroes seem like they'll be able to stick around. As long as you don't kill him outright. Gore Cleaver. Pick one of the bearer's melee weapons. Improve the rend characteristic of that weapon by one. In addition, if the unmodified wound roll for an attack made with that weapon is six. Double that's damage nasty. characteristic. That's kind of cool. Yeah, that's pretty pretty good. Especially on anything that has like damage. I think that's one of the ones uh, my <laughs> oh, friend who plays Corn was telling me about how it, how cool it is. Yeah, Gore Cleaver's pretty, pretty cool. The Crimson Plate, you can reroll save rolls of one for attacks never to target a the bearer. No, never a bad thing. Always good to be able to reroll saves. Blood Rune. Each time an attack made by the bearer with a melee weapon slays an enemy hero or monster, you receive one additional blood tith. So that kind of synergizes with uh, Arch Slaughterer. You'll be gaining three blood death for every hero That's or monster you kill. Pretty good, since you were saying before that uh, it's not that easy to get them. Yeah, I mean it's still not that easy because you kind of got to get them in on heroes and monsters. But I mean it's not impossible. I mean if you find yourself in a position where you could slaughter through a lot of heroes, I mean what other Age of Sigmar armies are very um, hero heavy? Um, Flash Eater Courts. Flush Eater Quartz kind of yeah. Um, uh, I don't think Storm they can be, really but are. I don't think that's the meta list. Yeah. 
Um, I'm trying to think of what else is kind of meta that uses a lot of heroes in Age of Sigmar. Um, Legions of the Gash probably kind of are. Maybe. I think a lot of the death ones tend to be. Because you need a lot of heroes to summon. Uh, I think that's about Fire it. Fire Slayers right? have a Zinch, lot of heroes. Probably. Well, for their, you know, four that they have. Fire Slayers, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they take a lot of them. Um, more artifacts. You could take Banners of Corn. There's three of them. Banner of Rage. You can reroll hit rolls of one for attacks made with melee weapons by friendly corn units that are wholly within 12 inches of the bearer. So that's pretty good. Uh, Banner of Wrath. In the combat phase, roll a dice for each enemy unit within 8 inches of the bearer. On a 4 plus, the unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. Not bad. 50-50 chance to do D3 mortal wounds. Uh, Banner of Blood. You can reroll charge rolls for friendly corn units that are wholly within 12 inches of the bearer when the charge roll is made. Also good. That one's probably the best one. Because yeah, you really want to get the charge off with stuff. Yeah, because it's not right. like we could shoot. So, <laughs> we don't have spells. So if we can't do the one thing we're made for, uh, we're going to have a bad time. Trophies of War. So, these are artifacts for the Bloodbound. You've got the Skull Helm of Corn. Subtract two from the bravery characteristic for any enemy units that are within eight inches. Uh, blood forged armor. Roll a dice each time you allocate a mortal wound to the bearer. On a five plus, that mortal wound is negated. So another feel no pain. Uh, brazen rune. Roll a dice each time you allocate a wound or mortal wound to the bearer that was inflicted by a spell. On a two plus, that wound or Wait, mortal what was wound that? is negated. In addition, um, it's pretty much a two plus feel no pain against that spell damage. Could be really useful depending on who you're fighting. Yeah. Um. On a 2+, plus, that wound or mortal wound is negated. In addition, once per battle, the bearer can attempt to unbind one spell in the enemy hero phase in the same manner as a wizard, or attempt to dispel one endless spell at the start of your hero phase in the same manner as a wizard. So, that's pretty good. I think this relic actually changed. I don't quite remember, but I think this relic was in the old book as well. But when you used it to dispel, you lost the feel no pain. Now it seems like you get to keep it. So I'm not sure if that changed or not. I might just be remembering it differently. That does sound pretty good. It's still pretty good. I mean, yeah, two plus against. <laughs> and that's any spe- like any time. It's not Zinch like pretty much once a game or something. No, two plus. You always have that feel no pain. Right. You can deny once a game. Uh, but yeah, get it's just two Zinch. plus. Feel no pain. Yeah, so pretty good. Blade of Endless Bloodshed. Pick one of the bearer's melee weapons. Improve the rend characteristic by one. Mark of the Destroyer. Pick one of the bearer's melee weapons. Add two to the attack's That's characteristic of that weapon. Yeah, anything that could add a bunch of attacks is always going to be pretty good. And then the good old-fashioned Talisman of Burning Blood. Add one to run rolls for friendly corn units. Holy within 12. Uh, when the roll is made. In addition, add one to charge rolls for friendly corn units. So that's really good. Talisman of Burning Blood is pretty much the go-to corn relic in both games. And I, I, I don't see that changing for Bloodbound. That seems pretty good. I mean, Brazen Rune is good if you know you're facing a lot of spell mortal wounds, but yep. it's still pretty situational. Uh, ta- Talisman of Burning Blood is always going to get you what you want out of your army. So I think that's going to be the go-to one if you have a Bloodbound hero. 
Um, the demonic weapons. So these are for demons. You got Argath, the King of Blades. Pick one of the bearer's melee weapons. Change the two-hit characteristic of that weapon for attacks that target a hero to 2+. plus. Uh, Death Dealer. Pick one of the bearer's melee weapons. Improve the Ren characteristic by one. Kartoth, the Blood Hunger. At the start of the combat phase, roll a dice. On a 4+, plus, the bearer fights at the start of the combat phase before the players pick any other units to fight in the combat phase. The bearer cannot fight again in that combat phase unless an ability or spell allows it to fight more than once. That seems kind of weird. I don't, I don't really know why you would take that. Let me read that again. At the start of the combat phase, roll a dice. On a 4+, plus, the bearer fights at the start of the combat phase before the players pick any other units to fight in that combat phase. The bearer cannot fight again in that combat phase unless an ability or spell allows to fight more than once. Uh, okay, I kind of get what its point is. I mean, it's not good if it's your turn and you charged, but if if it's not your turn, he still gets to fight first. So on a four plus, uh, it's good if you do the, uh, good, the gristle gore uh, trick where they fight first and then fight again or whatever it is. It shuts that down. Yeah, yeah. Probably so if you kill them with it. So. That seems pretty. Yeah, I guess it's got its uses. Um, it it kind of like went over my head at first. I was like, "This sounds awful." Like, what does it even do? <laughs> but I, I can kind of see its point now. Uh, the Hellfire Blade. Pick one of the bearer's melee weapons. If the unmodified wound roll for an attack made with that weapon is six, that attack inflicts one mortal wound on the target in addition to any normal damage. So, you know, Hell Blades, Blood Letter ability. Harvester of Skulls. Pick one of the bearer's melee weapons, add one to the attack characteristic, and Foe's Bane. Pick one of the bearer's melee weapons. Once per turn, you can reroll one failed hit roll or one failed wound roll for an attack made with that weapon. That's pretty good. Kind of like a salamander's weapon. <laughs> All about it. Rerolls are always good. Demonic Adornments. These are not weapons, but more so just items that they wear, I guess. You got the Crimson Crown. Once per battle, the bearer can use a command ability on their war scroll without a command point being spent. That's pretty good. Just being able to use free command abilities is pretty nice. Armor of Scorn. Roll a dice each time you allocate a wound or mortal wound to the bearer. Add two to the roll if that wound or mortal wound was caused by a spell. On a six plus, that wound or mortal wound is negated. So it's six plus fail, no pain. Uh, four plus spell feel no pain. Eh, not bad. Mark of the Blood Reaper. You can reroll save rolls of one for attacks to target the bear. Collar of Corn. Uh, another unbind collar. Crimson Soulstone. Each time an attack made by the bearer with a melee weapon slays an enemy hero or monster, you can heal D3 wounds, so that's another healing. Relic and Mark of the Slayer. You can reroll hit rolls of one for attacks made with melee weapons by friendly corn units wholly within 12 inches of the bear. So those are pretty good. Oh, another big thing that corn gets, and it's not new, but it's one of their kind of unique things is they get the blood blessings of corn. So these are cast by priests. Uh, you got the slaughter priests and even the, uh, what's it called? The... Or is that a totem? I don't think the, uh, what is that called? 
the slaves to darkness unit. The uh, war shrine. I, I think that's know. priest. I think it's. It I be. think it's a priest now. I, I think it's a priest, and I think it can cast these. Yeah, I'm fairly certain it's a priest. So, slaughter priests and that can cast these things. Um, in addition to any other prayers they can chant, each priest in a corn army knows one blessing from the blood blessings of corn. You can either choose or roll for the prayer each priest knows. Each blood blessing of corn can only be chanted once per turn, regardless of how many priests know that prayer. Um, there are six of them. The first one's bronzed flesh. Start your hero phase. One friendly model that knows this prayer can chant it. If they do so, make a prayer roll by rolling a dice. On a one, the model chanting this prayer suffers one mortal wound and the prayer is not answered. On a two or three, the prayer is not answered. On a four plus, the prayer is answered. If this prayer is answered, pick one friendly corn unit wholly within 16 of the model chanting and is visible to them and you add one to their save rolls. So that's pretty good. Uh, saves don't tend to be as high as they are in 40k. So anything that makes saves better than they are, especially because Rend also isn't as plentiful in Age of Sigmar, uh, being able to increase something save just outright is pretty good. Blood Sacrifice is the next one. Uh, pretty much the same caveat for all of these. A 1 will do damage to you. 2 or 3 is unanswered. They all tend to go off on a 4+. plus. Uh, if this one's answered, uh, you pick a friendly corn unit wholly within 8 of the model. That unit suffers D3 mortal wounds and you receive one blood tith point. This was kind of the, or is, the old blood boil spell. So it just got renamed to blood sacrifice. Resanguination, again, four plus. If this prayer is answered, pick a friendly corn hero, holy within 16, and is visible to you. You can heal them for D3 wounds. Pretty good. And it just specifies Corn Hero. It doesn't specify Mortal or Demon or anything. So there's a pretty good opportunity for like a Bloodthirster to heal a lot in a single turn with all these. Yeah, with all these different healing things they have. I mean, depending on how fast you could get Blood Tith together, man, you, you could be healing like wow. a Bloodthirster, like nine damage a turn if you roll if you roll good enough so far from what I've seen. I mean, if you give them the, the healing trait with the healing relic and, and you've got the crimson rain going off and then you hit them with resanguination, like they're healing quite a bit. You're going to have to, a lot of these bloodthirsters, you're going to either have to kill outright or they're going to just heal back up to full. No, no problem. Uh, the fourth one, brazen fury, pick a friendly corn unit, holy within 16. Do not take battle shock tests. So pretty good if you have a horde of blood breathers or blood letters that might be wanting to flee. Killing frenzy again four plus. Pick a friendly corn unit wholly within sixteen inches of the model chanting this prayer. Add one to hit rolls for attacks made by that unit. So that's really good. That's making your blood letters hit better. Um. It's not going to affect any of the unmodified explosions, but still anything that gets you hit better is pretty good. So far, a lot of these are really good. I could see running multiple priests and using most of these spells. Bronze Flesh is really good. Killing Frenzy is really good. Uh, blood Sacrifice is really good. Resanguination is situational, but good. Same with Brazen Fury, situational, but, but good. Like, if you're running two or three priests, I don't see any reason not to have at least all of these on one, 
on one of them. They know two, I believe. So the final one is Spellbane Hex. At the start of your hero phase, one friendly model that knows this prayer could chant it. If they do so, make a prayer roll. On the 4+, plus, the prayer is answered. If this prayer is answered, you can dispel one endless spell within 16 inches of the model chanting this prayer. That's really good. Being able to just 50-50 unbind somebody's endless spell. All about it. And that brings us into the Judgments of Corn. Corn priests in a corn army can summon judgments of corn, each of which is represented on the battlefield by one or more models. The war scrolls for the judgments are in here, so we'll go over them in a minute. Um, pretty much, a judgment of corn cannot be attacked, affected by spells or abilities. It is treated as a friendly model by all armies for any other rules purposes. In order to attempt to summon a judgment of corn, you must have a model for that judgment of corn available that is not already in your army and on the battlefield. For example, if you have two Wrath Axe models in your army and both are on the battlefield, you cannot attempt to summon another Wrath Axe again until at least one of them has been removed from the battlefield. A Corn Priest cannot attempt to summon more than one Judgment of Corn in the same turn, even if they are different models. In addition, if a Corn Priest attempts to summon a Judgment of Corn and the Judgment roll is not successful, then no other Corn Priest can attempt to summon the same Judgment of Corn in that hero phase. So that's pretty interesting to know. At the end of each battle round, roll a dice for each Judgment of Corn on the battlefield that you set up. Add one to the roll if there are any Corn Priests from your army wholly within 8 inches of that Judgment of Corn. On a 1-4, to four, that Judgment of Corn is removed from the battlefield. So, it's kind of hard to keep them around unless you keep them near a, a Corn Priest, it seems. But, other than that, it doesn't seem too bad. I mean, being able to keep them around always seems nice, and their abilities are probably really good. The Skull Altar, you can reroll prayer and judgment rolls for friendly corn priests, so it helps with that. If you have the uh, priest up on the altar, you can just kind of keep them there. You get plus one to the roll, and you get to reroll it, so it's probably pretty easy enough to keep them around. You can Sounds keep it around good. on a coin flip at that point. A corn army. Yeah. I mean, a corn army can include one skull altar terrain feature. So at least we only have to buy one. We're not like Sylvaneth that has to buy like multiple wildwoods or Nurgle who has to buy multiple trees. At least corn is a bro and <laughs> only makes me have to buy one mandatory terrain piece. After territories have been chosen, but before armies have been set up, you can set up the Skull Altar for your army. The Skull Altar must be set up wholly within your territory, and more than one inch from any other terrain features. If both players can set up any terrain features before armies are set up, they must roll off, and the winner chooses who sets up their terrain features first. So yay, another pregame roll-off. Who's going to set up their piece <laughs> of uh, terrain first? I don't know. I don't really know. I, I don't know. I'm torn on the whole terrain thing. I hate that they're practically mandatory, or else you're severely gimping yourself. Um, the corn one actually doesn't seem that necessary. However, it's free, so there's literally no reason not to take it. Because having it is still a buff. But I don't think the army kind of relies on it as much as, say, Magakin rely on the tree. 
Sylvaneth rely on their woods. It, uh, but even still, I, I pretty much feel like I need to have it. One of the bigger additions to this book, probably the biggest, is the addition of sub-factions now. You've got Reapers of Vengeance, the Blood Lords, the Gortide, and the Skullfiend Tribe. So you can kind of choose to have your that is cool. army kind of belong to one of these sub-factions now, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, each of them come with their own abilities, command traits, uh, command abilities, artifacts. The first one, Reapers of Vengeance, their ability is Devour the Craven. If an enemy unit fails a battle shock test within three inches of any friendly Reapers of Vengeance demon units, add D3 to the number of models that flee. So they're kind of like Night Lords. They want to make people flee. So that's pretty cool. Uh, command ability, leave none alive. You can use this command ability at the start of the combat phase. If you do so, pick one friendly Reapers of Vengeance demon unit wholly within eight inches of a friendly demon model. With this command ability, after that unit has fought in the combat phase for the first time, if it is within three inches of an enemy unit, it can immediately make a pile and move and then attack with all of the melee that weapons pretty it's armed with for a second time. That is really good. Holy crap. Yeah. Pick one friendly Reapers of Vengeance demon unit wholly within eight inches of a friendly demon model with this command ability. After that unit has fought in the combat phase for the first time, if it has been three... Enemy unit, you make. So, yeah, that can essentially just make Bloodthirsters attack twice, which is nasty. Uh, command okay, trait. So, the normal, if you pick one, you don't get to general must have this command trait instead and of one listed does, on page Does yours have the artifact, too? Like, does uh, the artifact pre. Okay. That uh, seems to be the new uh, yeah. thing. I think somebody mentioned the Stormcast is like that, too. And yes. Flesh Eaters are like that, so it makes sense. Okay, yeah. The command trait is Mage Eater. This general can attempt to unbind one spell in the enemy hero phase in the same manner as a wizard. In addition, if this general attempts to unbind a spell and the unmodified unbinding roll is at 8, that spell is successfully unbound and the caster suffers d6 wounds. <laughs> That's pretty good, considering an 8 isn't that hard to roll. I mean, yeah, it's... I mean, it's not exactly common, but it'll probably come up enough often enough that, I mean, I won't mind having it. The artifact is the Skull Shard Mantle. Each time the bearer is affected by a spell or endless spell, you can roll a dice. If you do so on a 2+, ignore the effects of that spell on the bearer. So, this is actually disgusting. Because not only is it a 2+, fail no pain, but for things like Geminids that are making you minus 1 to hit or something, it just ignores that too. Like it ignores wow. effects. It doesn't ignore damage. <laughs> so it's ignoring anything. So yeah. So any debuff, any anything, that's, damage, debuffs, that's really all of it, just on a two plus, you ignore it. Now here's, yeah. I mean, he, one thing I'm noticing. But it, it doesn't even matter because I just, you know, corn doesn't have its own mages. If you were to, say, be in a position where you allied in a mage for whatever reason because you obviously hate the fluff and hate corn, so why else would you invite a mage into his army? But 
if you did happen to be the kind of awful person to do that, yeah. uh, you would, <laughs> you could, you, uh, it says you can roll a dice, so you don't have to. I was going to say it could keep you from getting affected by friendly spells, but that's barely ever going to come up. That's just really good. The Blood Lords is the next one. Their ability is you can reroll yeah. rolls of one for attacks made by friendly Blood Lords demons units to target a hero or monster. Pretty good. Command ability, first in his sight. You can use this command ability at the start of the hero phase. If you do so, pick a friendly model with this command ability. You can heal one wound That's allocated good, to each friendly Blood Lords demon unit wholly within 16 inches of that model. Yeah, Corn's all about healing. Yeah, got to keep those bloodthirsters around somehow. Command trait, uh, Slaughterer's Thirst. Add four inches to the move characteristic of this general. In addition, you can reroll charge rolls for this general. Holy crap. Four inches is long. I'm just looking at all these. I'm like, I could put this on a bloodthirster. I could put this on a bloodthirster. Everything is going on bloodthirsters. The artifact is the Halo of Blood. The bearer fights at the start of the combat phase before the players pick any other units to fight in that combat phase. The bearer cannot fight again in that combat phase unless an ability or spell allows it to fight more than once. So this is like that blood prayer, but without the caveat. You just do it. Yeah. You always fight first. So that's pretty good. Blood Lords seem pretty good. I'm actually interested in them. I might... I might I might play them. That might be the what's that a, might be the what's their color scheme? I, don't remember I, the, I like the how lords. how much they support bloodthirsters. Anybody that supports bloodthirsters is good in my book. Uh, I'm looking at their page. It doesn't really show me. Oh, it looks well, there you go. Kind of like what my demons are painted as. It looks like kind of like an ashen black and gray with like glowy red runes and stuff. So that was nifty. Quite a coinky dink. All about it. The next one is the Gortide. Their ability is you can reroll wound rolls of one for attacks made with melee weapons by Gortide mortal units. So these are mortal sub-factions now. Uh, pretty good, though, because it's, it's not just against heroes. It's just reroll wound rolls of one for attacks made with melee weapons. So that's always good. Command ability ever onwards. You can use this command ability before you make a run roll for uh, one friendly Gortod Blood Reavers or Gortod Blood Warriors unit wholly within 16 inches of a friendly model with this command ability. If you do so, that yeah, run roll is treated as Gortide being a sex. Ones, my so, friends, uh, in addition, that unit can run preference. and still charge later in the same turn. That's pretty good. If you run... Yeah. If you're running mortals, that seems pretty damn good. Auto six inch run with a run and charge, all about it. And there's nothing that says you can't like if you're running mortals. Uh, I don't know. I How does it work in Age of Sigmar? Well, I'm not too because it doesn't have it. Like, do you run like demons as blood lords and then mortals as Gortide? Or it's funny though because you know, detachments work in 40k. It's kind of right. like the AOS yeah, way is that's better. True. That's unfortunate. Because then what happened? Yeah. I mean, yes, but 
because these are relegated to demons and then immortals, um, like if you put I a bunch of demons in bloodlords, I don't know. Like make them bloodlords. The, what do you do with all the It's weird with corn because are like, they just there? The chaos stuff you generally have mortals, demons, or a mix. So if it's only demon, yeah, it may restrict to you that. to. Like I guess they would get it, but they wouldn't get any benefit because they're not bloodlords. I I don't quite know because the the magikin don't have that. It was before they started giving everyone that. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Let me see if I can't kind of glean this out because I'm interested in how this works. I think it was slaughter hosts. If your army is a corn army, you can give it a slaughter host keyword. All corn units in your army gain that keyword. If a model already has a slaughter host keyword, it cannot gain another one. But this does not prevent other units in your army from having a different slaughter host keyword. You can either choose one of the slaughter hosts listed below or choose another slaughter host you have read about or created yourself. If you choose one from the list below, all units with that keyword benefit from the extra abilities listed for that slaughter host on the page indicated. If you hmm. choose a different yeah, slaughter host, sense, simply though. pick the slaughter host you most closely matches the nature of your own. So yeah, it sounded like you, you only pick one. I guess they're kind of pushing you away from mixed armies because I don't see much of a reason to take mixed armies. I would, at this point, I would only take demons. So, Gortide, you're you're off my list. Back in the bin with you. I'm going Bloodlords. The Skullfiend Tribe. This one's another one for mortals, so it's one that I won't be using. But... <laughs> Their ability is for the Brass Citadel. You can use this command ability at the start of the combat phase. If you do so, pick one friendly model with this command ability. Until the end of that phase, you can reroll hit and wound rolls for attacks made by friendly Skullfreen Tribe Korgarath units wholly within 10 inches of that model. If, if this wasn't limited to only Korgarath, that would be really good. As I was reading it, I was like, man, this is awesome. This is way too good. And then it's like, oh, Korgarath. Oh, okay. <laughs> only... Only one very niche unit in the whole army can even benefit from that command ability. Uh, the command trait, Master Decapitator. You receive two blood tith points instead of one with this general slays a hero. Artifact of Power. Crown Cleaver. Pick one of the bearer's melee weapons. Add two to the attack characteristics of that weapon. So that's very basic. Skulfing Tribe seems very basic. They're, they're, their command ability only buffs Korgrath. Uh, their command trait is pretty much the same as one of the <laughs> generic ones, as is their artifact. So I don't really, I feel like GW might have ran out of ideas when they got to them. So I don't really, don't really know. Because comparing that to Gortide, if you're running a Mortals army, I don't see why you would do anything but Gortide. There's, unless you really like Korgarath, I don't see a a reason to run Skullfiend Tribe. But, I mean, who knows? Maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm not seeing the, the benefit of it. I don't know. Um, the rest of the book, pretty standard. You got some battle plans, the Bloodstorm, Feast of Skulls. Uh, pretty interesting. I mean, 
a lot of people don't run these narrative missions, unfortunately, but they can be fun if you're interested in them. Um, you got your Path to Glory. So, if you've got a Path to Glory campaign, all the rules for running your Corn Army will be in here, along with the uh, the Warband tables, the Rewards table, uh, Patronage of Corn Rewards. You've got all that. So you've got everything you need to do a nice little narrative campaign, which is always good. Uh, the War Scrolls, obviously, are all in here. No reason to go over all these War Scrolls, because... Most of them haven't changed much. Um, the And they're up on the for free on the app by now. So you can kind of just go in there and check out the War Scrolls. Um, some things changed. Uh, not a whole lot. Scarbrand changed a little bit. His Carnage, I feel, changed a tiny bit. Uh, you don't. You only get one attack with it. Do not use the attack sequence for an attack made with Carnage. Instead, roll Good a dice. Lord. The target unit suffers eight mortal wounds. If the hit roll is equal to or greater than the Carnage value shown on the damage table below. If the roll is six, the target unit suffers 16 mortal wounds. So, so if on the first turn he gets in, he, he Carnage goes off on a one plus because if, if Scarbrand didn't fight yet, wow. he's, he starts as incandescent. So he's automatically at the. the is that only one attack the, or is that multiple attacks? Table. So Carnage goes off on a one plus. Okay. And you've got a one in six chance of just doing 16 mortal wounds to something. That. Hmm. Wow. Carnage is only one attack. However, Corn gets a lot of things to add attacks to. To people, so uh, yeah. So if you have four carnage attacks, because you can easily get up to four attacks with carnage, uh, you can roll four dice. A so, lot. <laughs> that's that's a lot of mortal wounds that you might be doing. Oh my god! What's four times sixteen? Thirty-two, sixty-four mortal wounds. If you roll four sixes, but who needs friends? If you roll four sixes with carnage. When he's incandescent, you're doing 64 exactly. mortal wounds. Um, I don't think you're going to have any friends left after that. Uh, yeah, who, who needs friends when you can do 64 mortal wounds to something? Uh, fuck you, Nagash. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much, pretty much what it is. I mean, you're not rolling feel no pain rolls and getting out of 64 mortal wounds. I don't, I don't care who you are. Uh, the rest of his ability hasn't hasn't really changed. Um, he still has the roar of total rage. So it's uh, do not use the attack sequence for an attack made with the roar. Instead, pick one enemy unit that is in range. Uh, roll the number of dice shown on the damage table above. For each four plus, the enemy unit suffers one mortal wound. So when he's incandescent, uh, he you roll five dice. So. You're looking at roughly two and a half mortal wounds off that, so not bad. Um, Scarbrand's Rage. From the second battle round, if this model is on the battlefield and did not attack in at least one of the combat phases of the previous battle round, when you look up a value on this model's damage table, the model is treated as having suffered 13 wounds. So he's automatically at his best, because Scarbrand gets better as he gets damaged. So that's another thing that makes him 
pretty unique in that he gets better the more damage he takes. Um, he gets five rolls with the roar. With slaughter, he gets nine attacks, and slaughter's pretty good. Uh, nine attacks, four to hit, three to wound, minus two rend, three damage apiece. So those are pretty good, especially with all the hit buffs going around. Scarbrand will He'll be doing quite a lot of damage. And then Carnage, obviously, is one plus. Um, so, yeah, he changed just in that his his uh, more wound output went through the roof. Uh, doesn't look like a whole lot of the battalions changed. Uh, there's kind of a mega battalion, the Blood Legion. Uh, Blood Legion consists of the following War Scroll battalions. You'd have to take a Blood Host which is a smaller battalion, so one Bloodthirster, seven or more units of Bloodletter Heroes, or Bloodthirsters, Bloodletters, Blood Crushers. So pretty much one Bloodthirster and seven units of Corn Demons. Uh, the ability for that is come at the slaughter. You can reroll charge rolls for units from this battalion while they are wholly within 16 inches of any Bloodthirsters from the same battalion. So you're rerolling charges, and then for Blood Legion, you need that, and then three to seven of murder hosts, blood, blood thunder stampedes. So you, you need a lot of, a lot of war scroll battalions. This one won't really see much play because it's just too big. But if blood you do run it, when you units from this battalion use their decapitating blow ability, it inflicts a mortal wound a on kill. a modified rune roll of five <laughs> instead of six. So blood letters get buffed in it. Pretty, pretty. Right. As we're talking about toy figures, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't play well. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> Nerd. <laughs> Nerd. Wedgie. Uh, murder host. Bloodletter hero. And then three to eight units of bloodletters. Flesh hounds. Blood crushers. Skull cannons. Um, insatiable bloodlust. Add two to run and charge rolls for units from this battalion. Well, they are wholly within 16 inches of a Bloodletter hero. So that's pretty good if you're running a lot of Bloodletters. Blood Thunder Stampede, Skullmaster, Herald of Corn, and 3 day units of Blood Crushers. This one looks fun just because I like Blood Crushers. Uh, the Murderous Charge and Slaughterous Charge abilities used by units from this battalion automatically inflict mortal wounds after a model finishes its charge move instead of inflicting mortal wounds on a roll of a 2+. So it's not really that much of a buff because a 2+, isn't that hard to do. But it makes it automatic, so eh, I'll take it. If you want to run a lot of blood crushers, it's worth having that battalion. Tyrants of Blood. Uh, this one is one I've been hearing a lot about. It's probably going to get used. Uh, three to eight, eight bloodthirsters make it up. After a model from this battalion has fought in the combat phase for the first time, you can pick another model from the same battalion that has not yet fought in that combat phase and is within three inches of any enemy units. That model fights immediately before the opposing player picks a unit to fight in that combat phase. Wow. That model cannot fight again in the combat phase unless an ability or spell allows it to fight more than once. So, if you're running multiple Bloodthirsters, you can literally cascade them. They don't have to be near each other. As long as they're in combat, you just choose them to fight. They always fight first. So, that's really good, because that's on your turn, that's on your opponent's turn. Eh. I mean, that's pretty good. 
I mean, on your opponent's turn, it seems like because of the wording, they'll still be able to fight with something first, but then after that, all your Bloodthirsters are going to get to Cascade, because after a model from this battalion has fought in the combat phase for the first time. so That does seem pretty good. Because it's they go, you go, they'll still get their first activation, but then you can activate with all your Bloodthirsters after that. So that seems pretty good. Could be bad for... Yeah, it could be bad for the one bloodthirster who might may or may not get killed because of that that activation, but the rest of it, I mean, you can't go wrong when you could just cascade bloodthirsters. I mean, it's kind of hard to deal with. Uh, you got the blood hunt, Karanak, uh, Wrath of Corn, bloodthirster, and three to eight units of flesh hounds or blood crushers. Corn's uh, hunters add one to wound, wound rolls for attacks made by units from this battalion that target a hero. Eh. Could be all right. Kind of have to run too many flesh hounds for my for my liking. Gore Thunder cohort, uh, one herald of corn on blood throne and three to eight units of skull cannons. You could reroll hit rolls for attacks made with missile weapons by skull cannons from this battalion that are wholly within twelve inches of a herald of corn on a blood throne. That could be kind of good if you want to run skull cannons. I mean, skull cannons aren't that great, but they're not terrible. So if you want to run them, you might as well run them in this battalion to make them a little better um let me see what they hit on normally the skull cannons are wow. hitting on three plus they're actually decent in age of sigma my, uh, they're not my friend this just messaged me to tell me that uh, they hit on three plus wounds slingshotted three plus, 20 blood reavers with five attacks apiece rerolling attack, everything but, I mean, and apparently the skull grinder is, and I quote, fucking dumb. He killed so many heroes today. Apparently so. <laughs> uh, no, he grinder? means the skull grinder. I think that's the dude with the... Uh, oh, man. That's a name I haven't heard in a while. Yeah, the Anvil guy. Let me see here. Where's he at? Does he mean the, the Soul Grinder? Oh, the, the the Anvil guy. Oh, he's awesome. That bottle's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Let's go to him. Let's see what he does since we're on his little... Okay, so five wounds, five-inch move, four-plus save. Pretty... Average, uh, range two inches on his brazen anvil, three attacks, three plus to hit, two plus to wound, minus one rend, three damage. Um, that could be really good if you give him that uh, relic that gives him an extra rend and doubles his damage. <laughs> so he's doing six damage a swing. Uh, fiery anvil, at the end of the combat phase, you could pick one enemy hero or monster within two inches of this model and roll a dice. On a two plus, that enemy unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. Pretty good. Add one to bravery characteristic of friendly corn mortal units wholly within 12 inches of any friendly models with disability. So he must have buffed him up insanely and just sent him in and let him do work. I mean, at three damage a pop, he is I'm not sure heroes. if he gave anything. Especially depending on if... You should ask him what relics he gave him. Let me ask him, since he's on. I have a feeling he likely gave him one that increased the rend or something. Yeah, you'll have to let me know. But yeah, most of these are pretty much the same. Uh, Tyrants of Blood is good. That one seems to have changed. 
uh, Carnal Host. You need a Bloodthirster or a Bloodmaster and three to eight units of Bloodletters. Uh, Demon Commander ability. You can reroll wound rolls of one for attacks made with melee weapons by units of battalion that are wholly within 16 inches of a Bloodthirster. Uh, Skullseeker Host. You're looking at a Bloodthirster, a Herald of Corn on a Blood Throne. Yeah. Two to five units of Blood Crushers. One to three units of Skull Cannons. You can reroll wound rolls for attacks made by units from this battalion that target a monster. Pretty good if you're facing Flesh Eater Quartz. Uh, blood Host. Bloodthirster and Blood Letters. Uh, reroll Charges. The Mega Battalion for Immortals seems to be this Bloodbound Warhorde. So you need a Mighty Lord of Corn. Uh, Lord of Corn on Juggernaut, Scar, Bloodwrath, Corgus Cull, or Valkia the Bloody, uh, and then a Gore Chosen Battalion, and then three to seven of all the other battalions. Um, that ends up giving you the ability of, at the start of your turn, you receive one Blood Tith Point. If this was at all feasible, that would be really good. But because you need to take a Gore Chosen, it might be... Just slightly too expensive because Gore Chosen is you need an Exalted Deathbringer and you need seven other heroes. So you need seven of either Exalted Deathbringers, Aspiring Deathbringers, Slaughter Priests, Skull Grinders, Blood Stokers, or Blood Secretors in any combination. I mean, you're likely going to be taking three Skull uh, Slaughter Priests and a Blood Secretor anyway. So, and probably even a Blood Stoker. So that's five right there. I, I guess you could get a. <laughs> Either two exalteds or a skull grinder and an aspiring in there against seven, might be. But I don't so think you'd be able to friend, get three no, more the skull of the grinder other did not have anything. Battalions in there is the problem. It seems like it would be too hard. But that's really good being able to just generate a blood tip point a turn. Huh? Interesting. He must have rolled really well then, because I mean. Three plus to hit and two plus to wound ain't bad. And depending on how many attacks he had, I mean, I'm sure he he was put out some good damage. But it's only Ren minus one, so he must not have been making any saves on his heroes. But hey, good on him. The uh, Skull Grinder is one of the coolest models in the game, so I'm all about it. Gore Pilgrims doesn't look like it changed. This is one of my favorite War Scroll battalions in the first book. Um. Got the Blood Secretor, two to three Slaughter Priests, one to two units of Blood Warriors, or one to two units of Blood Reavers. Uh, add eight inches to the range of the Loathsome Sorcery and Rage of Corn abilities used by the Blood Secretor. So that's really good because um, the Rage of Corn is the plus one attack uh, banner. So, and that happens while he's wholly within eight inches of any Slaughter Priests from the same battalion. So that's good. Um,. And you want to be running all of these anyway. So more than likely, Gore Pilgrims are, is going to be in most lists because if you're running Mortal Corn, you're going to be wanting all of these units anyway. And buffing that banner is too good not to do. Uh, the rest of these don't really seem to have changed much. Uh, Blood Bad Warband, Aspiring Deathbringer, Blood Secretor, three units of Blood Warriors, one or two units of Blood Reavers, and a unit of Skull Reapers. Add one to the attacks characteristic melee weapons uh, when they charge, so that's good. Uh, all of these look the same. 
Yeah, so not a whole lot's changed there. I mean, we got Mega Battalions and a couple changes to some of the small ones, but other than that, not much. Not a whole lot's changed. Um, again, not a whole lot's changed in the War Scrolls. Scarbrand's changed. Um, the Bloodthirsters haven't really changed all that much. Uh, the way command abilities work now is probably the most significant change for the Bloodthirsters, so they can all use their command abilities if you have the points for it. The Bloodthirster of Unfettered Fury has the Rejoice and Slaughter. Use the command ability at the start of the combat phase. If you do so, pick a friendly model with this command ability until the end of that combat phase. Friendly Corn Demon units wholly within 16 of that model are eligible to fight in that combat phase if they are within 6 inches of an enemy unit instead of 3 and can move an extra 3 when they pile in. So, uh, Unfettered Fury is letting you do 6 inch pylons, which is always good. There's a lot of shenanigans that can be had with that. Uh, you could slingshot yourself around people quite easily with that much wiggle room. Insensate Rage. You can use the command ability, and it's the end of the phase. You can reroll charge rolls for friendly core demons, only within 16. So a lot of these Bloodthirster abilities are pretty good. Lord of the Blood Hunt on the Wrath of Corn. Use the command ability at the start of the combat phase. If you do so, pick a friendly corn demon unit. Uh, until the end of the phase, you can reroll hit rolls for attacks made by that unit. So, all of these are good. If you're running multiple Bloodthirsters, you're most likely going to be trying That's to use the all. Flesh yeah, Hound thing, right? The... Um, Skulltaker hasn't cool changed. Karanak hasn't changed, except he has a new bottle now, so that's good. Uh, he still has the, yeah, the hero, the named Flesh Hound. Um, yeah, I mean, I wish he was a little bigger. He's, he's only, like, slightly bigger than a normal Flesh Hound, which is weird for, like, the, the right-hand dog of corn. Um, he's good at hunting down heroes. You can reroll charge rolls for him. He can attempt to unbind spells. Uh, after you set up an army, you pretty much choose a, a hero on the other side, and you can reroll hit wound rolls for attacks made against that hero. And once per game during the hero phase, uh, you can use Call of the Hunt. Uh, during the hero phase, you can summon one unit of five flesh hounds to the battlefield and add it to your army. If this model is within eight inches of its quarry. The summon unit must be set up wholly within eight of the model and more than nine inches from enemy units. The summon unit cannot move in the following movement phase. So, once per battle, he can summon five more dogs and hopefully try to kill a hero that he might have cornered. So that's pretty good. Uh, flesh Hounds, they have a Burning Roar ability. I don't remember if they had that in the old one. I know they, they gained it in 40k um, with new models, so they might have gained it now. But either way, two plus to hit, four plus to wound, no ren, one damage. So one attack each. So if you have a unit of five, it's five five little shooting attacks at eight inch range. Not terrible. It's always extra damage to get through. So right. they, if you have I, mean, they, I think they really FAQ'd cool. that or I guess they updated um, it now in the book, but it was FAQ'd before. One in every five models in this unit can be a gorehound. The model is armed with a burning roar. Oh, so only the one in five models get the burning roar. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, they can also attempt to unbind because they have uh, the collars of horn. But you can add one to unbind rolls if the unit is ten or more models. So that's pretty good. 
And on flagging hunters, you can reroll charge rolls for this unit. So they're pretty good. I mean, their stats are decent too. They they get four attacks apiece, three to hit, four to wound, one damage, reroll charges. Uh, they're pretty cheap. So taking a lot of them isn't a bad idea. They could definitely get in there and do some work. Uh, Bloodmaster and Skulltaker each got new models. They haven't really changed much. The Bloodmaster seems to have the same stat line, four attacks, three to hit, three to wound, minus one rend, one damage. Uh, he's got the decapitating blow ability, so unmodified sixes are inflicting mortal wounds. His ability, the Bloodbust Flow, in the combat phase after this unit has fought in that combat phase for the first time, you can pick one friendly blood letter unit that is wholly within 12 inches of this model and is within three inches of an enemy unit, which is not yet fought in the combat phase. The unit you pick must fight immediately instead of being picked to fight later in the combat phase. So the Bloodmaster can kind of kick off a blood letter cascade, which is pretty good. He always had that ability, though, so that's not nothing, nothing new. It's just interesting. Uh, he's five wounds, four up save. He could probably benefit pretty well from uh, some of those prayers that give him a better save. Rocking the three plus save would be pretty good for him. Blood letters haven't changed. Uh, they still can add one to hit rolls if their unit is 20 or more. So they'll be three plus three plus minus one, one damage. Blood crushers are four wounds each, four plus save, eight inch move. Um, they have the decapitating blow ability as well. Uh, one model in the unit is a blood hunter. He has more attacks. So he has two attacks instead of one, uh, murderous charge on two plus to do mortal wounds, uh, to make a charge. So not much has changed there. Uh, blood throne is still pretty bad. <laughs> Probably not going to get taken outside of any sort of battalions that make you take it. Um, he heals himself if he happens to do wounds in melee. Uh, he has to, when he uses the at the double forward to victory or inspiring presence command abilities, the ability has a range of 12, even if this model is not a general. So he can use basic uh, command abilities, but eh, he's not that great. Skull cannons, we already talked about them a little bit. Uh, you can add one to the hit rolls if the target unit contains ten or more models, so they'll be hitting on twos. Uh, skull cannons ain't don't they don't seem that bad in Age of Sigmar. I mean, they're only one attack each. They're still probably a little expensive, not really worth taking. Um, their damage is d6, so even if you do hit, there's a chance you could only do one damage. So it's uh, as nice as d6 damage seems in, in the overall scheme of things. It's kind of meh. Um. It still has the same ability of it can attack with its missile weapons in the combat phase. So not much has changed there. Uh, Corgus Cole hasn't changed. Until the end of the phase, you can roll hit rolls, protect roll, hit rolls of one made for Gortide units. So yeah, Corgus Cole is only usable in Gortide, it seems. Um, his command ability only benefits Gortide units. And he can help them re-roll hit rolls of one. He still has the reality splitting axe and the collar of corn. Uh, his stat line hasn't changed. Yeah, he's still six wounds, three up save. 
So that's pretty good. Uh, looking through this book. Not much else has really changed on the mortal side of things. There's a lot of good combos now with these guys. I mean, they're old. Stat lines weren't bad. A lot of them didn't really need to be updated. So being that a lot of them can use command abilities now, um, instead of only one command ability being able to be used to turn, that changes things quite a bit. A lot more synergy can happen. A lot more buffs are being thrown around now with the addition of the Judgments of Corn, the, oh, yeah, the Shadow Spear guy, uh, Blood Tith changing, and Slaughter Priest being as good as they are. Uh, you got War Scrolls in here for Garrick's Reavers and Magori's Fiends, the little squads that, yeah, that came out for those little squads. Uh, nothing's really changed about them though. Uh, you got Riptooth, which is a special flesh hound, but he's literally no yeah, different. Yeah, cool. That's all I know. <laughs> Skull Reapers, four attacks. I think that's more than they had before. I think they gained an attack there. Um, everything, <laughs> yeah, everything else has stayed the same with them, it seems. Um, you could reroll hit rolls for attacks made by this unit if a target unit has five or more models. Uh, murderers to the last. Do not take battle shock tests for this unit. In addition, roll a dice each time a model from this unit is slain by an attack. Uh, Attack made with a melee weapon. Before that model is removed from play on a 5+, plus, pick one enemy unit within one inch of the slain model. That unit suffers D3 mortal wounds after all of its attacks have been resolved. So that is pretty good. Because I think before what it was is you just got to fight again before you died. Now it's just on a 5+, plus, you do mortal wounds. I, I don't know exactly if that's better or worse. Because before, at least, I think you got to fight no matter what. Um, I don't know. I would have to look. I don't have the old War Scrolls anymore because the new, they've been updated on the app, so I can't go back and check. But from what I remember, that is different. Um, Wrathmongers still seem the same. They add attacks to other corn units. Add one attack while they're within eight inches of Wrathmongers. Um, if a model in this unit is slain before it is removed, roll a dice for each enemy unit within one inch of that model. Add one to the dice roll if two or more models from the enemy unit are within one inch of the slain model. On a one, nothing happens. On a two to five, the enemy unit suffers one mortal wound. After all of its attacks have been resolved, on a six plus, the enemy unit suffers D3 mortal wounds after all of its attacks have been resolved. Wrathmont, that's the same pretty sure. much ability as Skull Reapers. Uh, Wrathmongers are just better. I don't really understand what the point of Skull Reapers are now. Uh, they might have, they don't even have more attacks. Their attacks are higher quality, I think. No. They're about the same. Uh, Wrathmongers have a worse to hit. That's about it. But they're at least doing guaranteed mortal wounds when they die, practically. I mean, they just need to roll a two or better. <laughs> so, there's that. Um, yeah, other than that, the rest of the War Scrolls pretty much seem the same. Uh, now we get to the War Scrolls that actually mean something, which are the Judgments of Corn. Uh, there are three of them. These are new. The first one is the Hexgorger Skulls. So, 
Hexgorgeous Skull is a single judgment of corn that consists of two models. If it is removed from play, remove both models. Um, summon Hexgorgeous Skulls. At the start of your hero phase, one friendly corn priest can attempt to perform this judgment. If they do so, make a judgment roll by rolling a dice. On a 3+, plus, the judgment roll is successful. If the judgment roll is successful, set up both Hexgorgeous Skull models within 6 inches of each other and wholly within 8 inches of the priest. Uh, the abilities are compelled by hate. When this judgment is set up, the player who set it up can immediately make a move with it. In addition, at the start of each of their subsequent hero phases, the player who set this judgment up can make a move with it if it is still on the battlefield. When you move this judgment, it can move up to 8 inches and can fly. Both models from this judgment must finish any move within 6 inches of each other. Uh, subtract 2 from casting rolls for hit wizards while they are within 12 inches of any Hexforger skulls. In addition, if a wizard attempts to cast a spell, oh, is that the, you don't spell get that spell anymore. Of the Hexforger skulls, and the casting roll is an unmodified eight, then the casting attempt is not successful. Screw the wizard you, no Nagash. longer knows that spell, and each wizard within twelve inches of that judgment of corn suffers d six mortal wounds. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of funny. You just don't know it. It just takes the spell away and then hurts everybody around you. Yeah, so that's pretty funny. I mean, really good against Zinch too, because they have so many wizards running around. If you if they happen to roll an eight, they're hurting every wizard around them. So, pretty cool. Bleeding Icon is the next one. Uh, the judgment roll for this one's a four plus. It's got the same movement rules. They have to be within. Uh, you you could place it. Uh, within eight inches of the priest, and it moves eight inches, it can fly. It has crushing retribution as an ability. After this model has moved, each unit that has any models that passed across of each other unit that is within one inch of it at the end of its move suffers D3 mortal wounds. So that's pretty good. Hmm. Sigil of Doom. A if a unit wounds. fails a battle shock test within three inches of any models with this ability, add D3 to the number of models that flee. So not only can you hurt a bunch of things... You can also do extra mortal wounds to other things. So, so that seems pretty good. I mean, for a coin flip, yeah, for a coin flip, that's not bad. Would I take it over Hexgorger Skulls? Probably not, but there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, the final one is the Wrath Axe. Uh, it seems that on a 5+, plus, it's successful. So this one would probably want the, the Skull Altar around to make it more possible, because I... You add one to the roll, um, or you re-roll it, one or the other. But either way, it makes it slightly easier, because a 5-plus is kind of hard. Um, when it's set up, it can move 8, it can fly, it has to be within 8 of the priest again. Hatred's Edge is the ability. After this model has moved, roll a dice for each unit that has any models that passed across. On a 2-plus, that unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. Huh. Then the player that set up this model picks one enemy unit within three inches of this model and rolls a dice. The enemy unit may be one that this model passed across. On a two plus, that enemy unit suffers D6 mortal wounds. So, <laughs> you can essentially do D3 to one, D6 to another. Uh, it can, from the way I'm reading it, it sounds like you can do both to the same unit. As long as it moves over one, you do D3. Then the player that set up this model picks one enemy unit within three inches of this model and rolls a dice. The enemy unit may be one that this model passed across. Yeah. 
So on a two plus, the enemy unit suffers D6 mortal wounds. You could do up to nine mortal wounds to a unit just because you passed it over. So that's pretty good. Reality cleaved is the other ability. Subtract one from hit rolls for attacks made by units within three inches of this model. This ability has no effect on corn units. Which one so is the, uh, the giant bleeding skull? It seems harder to get off, but the payoff seems pretty big for this Wrath Axe. That just looks cool. This it's is a probably skull. The it's like the I most metal thing ever. A like skull things, that's bleeding from its eyes. Because kind of <laughs> it, it doesn't... It that would be the Hex Gorger skulls. So... And it's, it's just floating around. All of the corn range is metal as hell. I love it. That's that's why I play them. Yeah, so I'm looking at the uh, pitched battle profiles now. And yeah, skull cannons are 140 points. So I don't think one shot is really worth that. Uh, blood letters are 110 for 10, 300 for 30. So that's not bad. Uh, blood reavers are 70 for 10, 240 for 40. That seems really good. Uh... Blood Reavers are pretty cheap. Blood Warriors are 100 for 5, 520 for 30. So that, that seems pretty good. Um, the rest of it seems pretty standard. Aspiring Deathbringer is 80. Blood Master is 80. Blood Secretor is 140. A lot of these seem the same. A lot of the, the lesser heroes, like your Blood Stokers, your Exalted Deathbringers, they're 80. Uh, Herald of Corn on a Blood Throne is 120. Karanak is 140, Corgus Cull is 180, Lord of Corn on Juggernaut 160, Mighty Lord of Corn is 140, uh, Skilla 100, Scar 120, Skull Grinder is 80, so yeah, a lot of those heroes seem the same. Skull Master 120, Skull Taker 120, Slaughter Priest is still only 100, that seems pretty good, Slaughter Priest is really good. Um, Valkia 120. The Bloodthirsters seem to have gotten a slight points decrease. I think Scarbrand actually went up, though. He's 400 now. Uh, Bloodthirster of Fury is 300. Insensate Rage is 280. And Wrath of Corn is 320. So that seems about right for, for what they are and what they do. Blood Crushers are 140 per 3. Fleshhounds are 100 per 5. Corgarats are 100. Mighty Skull Crushers are 180. Skull Reapers are 180. Wrathmongers are 140 per 5. Garrick's Reavers are 60 for the 5 guys. Riptooth is 40. And Megore's Fiends is 80. So not a whole lot seems to have changed in the points. I mean, things might have went up or down by a matter of 10, 20 maybe. But nothing's really standing out to me as way cheaper than how it was originally. Uh, a lot of the heroes are still 80 points. Uh, Slaughter Priest is 100. The Blood Secrator is 140. I think he used to be 120, but I'm not, I don't 100% remember. Um, the battalions all seem to be in line with other battalions. They're all over 100 points, so not a whole lot of them are going to be worth taking. Uh, Gore Pilgrims is 140. So just taking that alone is almost, you know, 200 points. So you're not really going to be looking to take a whole lot of battalions. The 
Judgments of Corn all seem pretty fairly priced. The Bleeding Icon and the Hexforger Skulls are only 40 points, and the Wrath Axe is 60. So you're always going to be able to make room for some of those judgments. There's no reason not to. Uh, allies for Corn, you've got Beast of Chaos, Everchosen, Monsters of Chaos, Nurgle, Slaves to Darkness. Slanesh units cannot right. be taken as allies for a Corn army. That's cool. Thank you, GW, for remembering that Corn does not like Slanesh. I wish 40k would learn that and stop letting me have Corn and Slanesh marked Chaos Space Marines in the same army. Because that pisses me off. I am a fluff player that happens to be somewhat competitive. <laughs> I want my I want my army to be good, but I also want it to make sense. And a lot of times that doesn't make sense, but yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, all those points bring me to the end of the book. Um, my overall thoughts on the book are that it's really good. I think it's going to shape up quite nicely. I think it's going to shake the meta up quite a bit. Um, there's not a whole lot to say about it because Cord's a very straightforward army. So what they do, they do really good now. And having access to these judgments are really going to put them in line with the rest of these armies. Um, they have tech against a lot of the top armies in the meta right now. I don't think Daughters of Cain can win a fist fight against Korn. Uh, Legions of Nagash is going to have a lot of trouble casting spells against Korn. Um, Flesh Eater Quartz, another army that got a recent bump. A lot of their gimmicks are directly countered by Korn. So that's going to be pretty interesting. Um, and Flesh Eater Courts are a, a army that wants to kind of get entrenched, and Corn wants that too. So they're, if if a Flesh Eater Courts par, uh, player I wants mean, to keep throwing to hard rules at you and feeding the, you blood uh, Gristle Gore Monster uh, Mash list, but so as somebody who hates know, that you, anyway, you I say Flesh good on Quartz. that. So from what you heard about Corn, I mean, what what do you see about their? Exactly, it's a gimmick list, so. I'm all about, yeah, down with my book. Right. It's a part of the book I don't like, so down with it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, as we saw in in the corn book, there's a lot of stuff in there that gives you buffs specifically against heroes and monsters. So, I mean, if you're if flesh eater courts become a staple in the meta, expect to see a lot of that stuff taken, and it it won't really stand much of a chance because every monster you throw. <laughs> at a corn army is just going to get obliterated and it's going to be nothing more than another point towards a free bloodthirster. <laughs> so, and that's kind of the payoff for every corn player out there. We just want what you free do is take a field. There's one no other bloodthirster reason, there's no other reason for us to really, I mean, the blood to the table is good. We saw a lot of good <laughs> uses for it, but honestly I'm saving up eight and I'm trying to get a free bloodthirster on the table. That just is what it is. Uh, Yeah, or field three and summon a fourth. I mean, the the possibilities are endless. Uh, there's a lot you could do. Because more than likely, when I get my list together eventually, I don't have enough bloodthirsters. It seems, but I am going to be running that uh that bloodthirster battalion where I take three to eight of them. I'm probably going to take three, summon a fourth, or take four. I'm probably going to have one of each and Scarbrand in a list. So, I mean that 
looking at the points, it was like 320, 280, 400. So 320, 280 is four, six, thousand. Just in Bloodthirsters for four of them, I'm looking at like 12, 1300 points. Uh, 700 points worth of blood letters, and I'm good to go. <laughs> I mean, no, no, that's not true. I can't do that because I need a blood secrator. Always going to have a blood secrator, and I need at least three slaughter priests. So I'll, I'll have them. It'll probably be that battalion plus gore pilgrims, and then that's it. And then hopefully there's enough points left over for one of the judgments of corn. But we'll see. I mean, I don't know if I'll have enough points left over to pay for the battalions and the judgments, so I'll have to math it out later. Um, it'll probably be really close, but my army's going to be something like that. I'm going to be running a lot of Bloodthirsters. I might not run all four, but I'm definitely going to run Scarbrand Soon. because he's actually pretty hilarious now. Yeah, I see no reason not to. So Corn's good. I wish... 40k would have gave me new berserkers that look like bloodbound because yeah well you keep saying that and i keep waking up every day to a world without new berserker models and that's not a world that i want to keep waking up to so if you could stop hope, uh, hope is me, the first step on that would be fantastic you keep feeding me hope which is an actual 40k quote of the day through. First, the first, uh, what is it? The the road to disappointment is hope, or whatever. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> That's like, oh my god! That's so funny. It's so fitting. It is so fitting. It, it, it's like they were talking about their models, not the setting. <laughs> it's. Oh my god, but hey, don't worry guys, if you wanted to play Noise Marines, you'll be happy to know that that ugly uh, kit, the upgrade kit, is perfectly compatible with the new Space Marines. So, if for all you Emperor's Children players out there, don't you worry, GW's got you covered. You don't need new Noise Marines, you just gotta slap the old upgrade sprue on those shiny new Chaos Marines of yours, and you're good to go. Right. Uh, and for all you World Leaders players out there, don't worry, just buy some Forge World upgrade kits, and... Boom. Mugging berserkers. Yeah, you might not have enough chain axes, but hey, you know, you'll make do, right? As a, That's as, true. As a World Eaters player, I should just start mugging Space Wolf players and taking their axes. <laughs> I mean, Korn would, would look kindly on that. He doesn't care from where the blood flows as long as it flows, so... <laughs> Yeah, who's the character? Sounds, like, like, sounds like legit to me. Up some poor twelve-year-old space wolf player for his chain axes. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your axes, kid. Oh, um, right. Ten thousand two years too young to be challenging me. <laughs> Nothing personnel, kid. <laughs> Not bad, kid. Oh, you made me use ten percent of my power. Full anime on him. <laughs> Nothing personal, kid. Too young to be challenged to me to a fist fight. I don't even want to fight you. I'm only twelve. Yeah. Shut up and give me your hands. <laughs> you only made me use one percent of my power. Now give me those chicken axes. Oh my god. Well, anyway, before I completely ruin our reputation with a whole bunch of anime quotes and before I start devolving into to JoJo's references. 
We have been cast a dice. I'd like to thank everybody for joining us for this look at the corn battle tome. It's very exciting. I hope any of you aspiring corn players out there go and pick it up for yourselves. All the war scrolls have since been updated on the app, so you can check out all those. If you have any sort of interest in a heavily melee-focused army, corn is for you, and I do think they're going to be at top tables in the competitive scene. So if you have any interest in that, go for it. Corn seems like a good army, good to go. They get a thumbs up in my book. As a corn player, I'm very happy about the book. Uh, do I think Hi, we needed it right now? Not for the blood gods, armies? even no. though I don't play them. But I'm not going to kick a gift horse in the mouth. Oh, yeah. I'm hey, last time I did that, you were like, oh, shut up, old man. So again, I'm Joe with Cast of Dice with Wayne. Say bye, Wayne. I don't know. <laughs> You're supposed to say... You were supposed to say bye, Wayne, like some like stupid... Yeah, well... No, I can't say that. Screw so you guys, I'm going What home. am I supposed to do? God, you just ruined everything. <laughs> I have, ugh, God, how can I have an outro if I'm not picking on you? Oh, man. I don't even I don't even want to do this anymore. I'm going home. I'm taking my toys and I'm going home. <laughs> Don't you talk to me or my son ever again. All right, everybody. <laughs> We're cast of dice. Thanks again for joining us this week. Come back next week. We'll be talking about the chaos releases. The new codex will be out. Vigilus Ablaze will be out. All sorts of new models will be out. We'll have plenty to talk about. Have a good one. Have a good week. Happy modeling. And stay on the good side of chaos, folks.